space. What endless mystery. Look at it. Wow. Who do dare uncover its secrets? The brave crew of the starship Cavalier do dare to scout the heavens, to see some moons, to take a dangerous galaxy trip. This is the true story of them that voyage among, oh, these, those stars of space. Tonight's episode is... Perchance to Snooze, starring Christopher Hastings as Begonia Blood Terror, Branson Reese as Guy Normal, Carly Minardo as Bobley, and Joe Lapore as everything and everyone else. Base date 043732.Z. <laughs> well, this has been quite a day. We were able to broker peace between the warlike Fordanians and the Prux Imperium, and everyone learned a valuable lesson about not judging a book by its cover. I'm sorry to leave the beautiful Empress Durandia behind, but it never would have worked between us. She's a space <laughs> queen, and I'm, well, me. Anyway, Log, I'm looking forward to a more normal day tomorrow, and the best way to ensure that is with a good night's sleep. I'm hoping for eight hours. No more, though. I'm not greedy. <laughs> Just a little bit of a joke. Although, I do mean what I said. That's humor for you. Good night. We fade in on the dreams of the ship's mediator, Guy Normal. We see a classic suburban house on a sunny day. We push in and see Guy sitting alone on a big red couch. He sits there, quietly, staring straight forward, in a normal way. Wow, now this is what I call a dream. Anything could happen in this dream. I could, I could will anything into existence. And at that, a bowl of cereal appears in front of me. Wow! I would have had to go all the way to the kitchen for this under normal circumstances. <laughs> I love being asleep. We fade now to a different dream <laughs> as we pan across a massive alien battlefield as different alien platoons launch volleys of vasers across trenches and giant mech vehicles explode in a cacophony of metal and danger. We zoom in on one foxhole as a battle-hardened Begonia Blood Terror addresses his troops before the final charge. Listen here. Those aren't people out there. Those aren't dogs. Those aren't even aliens that you might sympathize with. No. Those are bars of soap given life. I've seen it with my own petaled eyes. 
We have to blast wait. Lots of soup. And Begonia peeks over the ditch to see there's a whole marching army of bars of soap, big friendly uh, uh, bottles of shampoo and toothbrushes wielding gigantic guns and driving tanks. Begonia dips back down to the ditch again. This is a dream. I mean, it. One of your one of your privates uh, raises his hand meekly and says, oh, "But Sarge, we're so dirty." And you see, all of your troops are caked in alien dirt. They could really use a shower. They could use a scrub. They could use <gasps> some soap. Oh, all right. We've got some sort of metaphor going on here about how what I need to face and what I need to do. Uh, but no. I won't let you men give in. We must remain dirty forever! Kill them! And Begonia leads the charge. We fade now to another dream. We hear some distant acoustic guitar and see a beautiful rustic Italian kitchen. A big pile of flour is poured out onto a table and a little crater is made in the center. A disembodied pair of hands takes an egg softly and cracks it over the flower. Who pours out? My name is Bobbly, and this is only the beginning. That's right. The little bambino herself, Bobbly, dreams herself the yolk of an egg making some pasta. This is how I was really born. Oh, the dreams of babes. We fade back to Guy Normal. It seems he's been sitting here with that bowl of cereal for almost an entire REM cycle. And then, something changes. There is a rumble in the distance. The sunny, blue sky changes to gray. And then, the room itself becomes gray, as if all the color was drained from your very imagination, Guy. Oh no! I'm dreaming wrong! <laughs> You look down at that bowl of cereal and you see all of the little marshmallows. Instead of being cool little shapes, they turn into generic white marshmallows. This is just what I needed. Sarcasm alert. Guy, the walls themselves begin to sort of blur and lose focus. Oh, brother. I don't know what's going on here. I can't make heads or tails of this dream. I don't like it at all. And then I look directly at the camera and I say, but at least I'm not naked in class taking a test again. <laughs> and I begin to, I, I, feel, I, I feel around me. What's going on? What's wrong with my dream? Yeah, as if you were trying to speak and summon that from your subconscious, that classic normal dream guy, it doesn't happen. Instead, the character and the, the, the quality of your dream continues to deteriorate. The walls and the floor blend together until you're just standing there in a gray nothingness. Oh, I knew I wasn't the best at dreaming, but I feel like I've become the worst at it. We leave Guy with that feeling Aww. as we... As we <laughs> Sorry, Guy, we'll come back to you later. It's okay. We cut back to Begonia Blood Terror. There on the battlefield, you rise from the trench to charge at the enemy and... Those bars of soap, why... They're even less than bars of soap. Now they're just sort of formless blobs, cubes, polygons. 
they barely have any character to them at all. Even their guns are just sort of long poles. They've stopped shouting. They've stopped firing. The noise has disappeared from this raging battlefield. You've never been in a battle so quiet, Begonia. Hmm. Perhaps I'm buffering. I did have a pretty long shift today. I thought a lot about various plans and things. and Maybe I'm just plumb out of juice in my brainstem. I'll give them a minute. And Begonia patiently watches the, the cubes uh, oozing forward. Begonia, this battlefield is caked in mud and blood. And yet, once again, the color drains away. You just seem to be, yes, in a gray, formless space. You try to conjure in your imagination something more vivid, something more powerful, but nothing happens. It just continues to get plainer. Ugh, how boring. How am I supposed to address the problems in my subconscious if they're just going to be gray crap? All right, <laughs> let's go into deep sleep now. And now. We cut back to that rustic kitchen. Boboli, you're being lovingly kneaded and turned into a, a rich dough. But then the kneading stops. There is stillness. There is nothing. What? You look around and sense and realize, oh, you've skipped some parts of the process. You're no longer a fresh-made pasta. No, you're a store-bought box of macaroni sitting on a shelf. Oh, no. I didn't even get to go on the ride on the Reganyoki. No, you didn't. And no, you won't, because you just sit there, plainly, in a pantry, the door closed. Hello? Hello? Someone has to cut me into little strips. Hello? No one answers. How am I going to hold the sauce with no ridges? Bobbly, make a feelings roll. Okay. Oh, no. I rolled a one. That's a bad. Sorry, Bobbly. You're just left confused and alone. We cut now into like a cool, like, like triangle view of all three of you as you all <gasps> come awake. Oh! <gasps> Good. It's the middle of the night. You've all been jolted awake by these strange dreams, and you've all woken up seemingly more tired than when you went to bed. Oh, I never will get used to this style of sleep that all of the mammals love so much. I need to get some artificial sunlight if I really want to juice up. And uh, Begonia uh, leaves his quarters to make his way to the techno nursery. Begonia draws his gun. Who goes there? Oh, Bobbly, are you awake? <laughs> you and I both know I don't keep any socks in there, and he wiggles his prehensile roots. No need. Oh, let me tend to you. And uh, he uh, he opens up the drawer, releasing Bobbly. Bobbly is dressed in um, a very long white uh, uh, nightgown and has a big floppy night cap on. And it, it just sort of looks like white frosting has been poured over her. <laughs> Oh, grazie mille. I was uh, so scared. I did not get to get my ridges in my dream. Oh, a strange dream. I had one myself, actually. You did? Yes, I had 
my normal dreams of battle against whatever it is that I'm currently dealing with in some sort of anthropomorphized form. But this time, it turned into sort of a, a bland nothingness. And I said, to hell with this. Either make me fall deeper asleep or wake me up. And here we are. Oh, yes. Uh, I didn't like it at all. I would like to get a glass of a whole milk, please. Yes, it seems we both need our midnight sustenance. And uh, Begonia uh, leads uh, Bubbly out the door. And out in the hallway, you see Guy Normal standing there with a sleeping cap drooped over his head. He says, Begonia, Bobbly, I know both of you. Guy Normal. Hello. Sorry to interrupt you in the hallway. I was just doing a terrible job sleeping. I was having a bad dream. I think I did a bad job dreaming. That's really disappointing. Oh, no, a Bobbly too. That's interesting. It seems that we all have been struck by some sort of bad dream. Guy Normal, can you tell me exactly what happened in your dream? Of course I can. I was sitting on a red couch and I thought about cereal, and then the cereal appeared in my lap. I wasn't going to eat it, honest. And it was just sitting there, and then everything got less and less specific and grayer and grayer and grayer, until finally it was such a terrible dream that I woke up. Then I left, and I, well, I wasn't dreaming anymore, so I'll stop describing. Yes, and Bobbly had the same dream she always have, the dream where I am born. And instead of getting to go in the pot with the sauce and my brothers and sisters, I was stuck in the cupboard. I didn't even get a little bit of grated cheese put on my belly. Wow, it's times like this you have to appreciate what a colorful cast of characters we have here on the CSS Cavalier. What you mean? Bubbly, I'm afraid that your snack is going to have to wait. I believe we am having some sort of weird space phenomenon. Begonia uh, taps his uh, his communication badge. Begonia to the ship computer. Run a diagnostic. Anything that might interfere with slow wave patterns. Begonia, make a lasers roll. I got a two, a success. No anomalies detected. Well, crap. Usually the computer finds just about everything wrong around here. Oh, no. Maybe this is a case where we're just bad at dreaming. I refuse to accept it's a coincidence, Guy Normal. Okay. I hope it's not a coincidence. I would much rather be good at dreaming, like anyone. Bobbly. Yes? Can you use your special abilities to perhaps see if there's some sort of psychic interference running rampant through all of the sleepers and dreamers aboard the Cavalier. You want me to visit the dreams? Whatever, however it is that you do it, uh, I, I don't claim to understand anything about what you do. So, sure, yes. Bobbly bows her head and solemnly removes her sleeping cap and uh, we see her third eye in the middle of her forehead and it Whoa. bursts, <laughs> bursts <laughs> open and... You hear her voice, but it, it, it's, uh, it, it sounds strange, more like ethereal. It's, it's got like a, a fun echo effect to it. I don't know. Joe, have fun with it. <laughs> and she is trying to connect with like the, the sort of psychic energy of the ship at large. I, I lean over to Begonia and I say, I have no judgment when I say this, but most kids can't do that stuff. <laughs> right you are, Guy Normal. A very normal observation. I nod proudly. <laughs> Bobbly says, Hello, buonanotte. Sorry to interrupt. Is anyone 
Bobley, can you make a prepared feelings roll for me? Yeah. Oh, that's a first one major success. And second one a major failure. <laughs> Bobley, you don't get a direct response. Okay. But you do hear something odd. You hear somewhere in the distance across the psychic plane, you hear... <laughs> oh. A strange little snicker. Someone is tickling the psychic energy of the ship. Oh, no. It left. It left like a little stinky man. It left like... <laughs> well, I don't like that. Certainly this man is entitled to laughter, whoever he is, but... Not at the expense of our dreams. I was hoping to get eight hours of sleep so that I could do normal stuff tomorrow. I know, and I was trying to get sleep so I could just have a nice time. But you weren't able to locate where we might find this cackling stinko physically? Uh, no, but I can tell you he sounded far away. Or like a little, little guy. Like he's not too loud. He's not like right next to me. You know, that sort of thing. And I'm going to touch my comms badge and I say, Computer, can you find any stinky little guys on the ship? Ah, good idea, guy normal. Thanks. Liberty Balboa is in the mess. Oh, he's pretty big, but well, okay, I guess you're the size of a whole ship. We're all pretty small to you. I made a bit of a mistake. Also, his personality matrix reflects little. <laughs> it is, he does have sort of a pipsqueak personality, doesn't he? Yes. Well, thank you, Computer. I'm sorry to bother you. Anytime. Here, and I give my comms badge to Bobolee. Bobolee like uh, stands up on her tiptoes and like barely makes it so that her mouth is pointing at the comms badge. Like a Norman Rockwell painting, I lean down so the little pasta child can talk into my badge. <laughs> <laughs> Computer. Yes. Can I have a glass of holy milk? <laughs> holy milk. Holy milk. Holy milk. Milk full of dairy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, there's a little, there's a, sort of like a recessed shelf in the wall uh, in this hallway and a, and a glass of milk. Uh, food prints right there. Um, Bobolee claps her little hands. She goes over, takes the cup of milk with both hands, puts it on the floor and says, Don't touch it. I'm making a cheese now. <laughs> For crew members having difficulty sleeping, we recommend a visit to the Sleep Center on Deck 12. <gasps> That's a great idea. We should go to the sleep center so that we can not have trouble sleeping anymore. Maybe this stinky little guy isn't such a problem after all. If we can just get to sleep and have normal dreams, let's go. Okay. Andiamo. Andiamo. I won't say that. <laughs> we cut now to the sleep center. Bathed in a soft blue light, this calm space is there to heal any issues with our Cavalier crewman's slumbers. Tended to softly and gently, as always, by Dr. Lunex, <laughs> the sleep expert of the CSS Cavalier. Wow, now this place is what I'm talking about when it comes to sleeping. I would hate a place like this if I was trying to stay up. Guy Normal, as you enter the room with Begonia Blood Terror and Bobolee, you see four beds arranged in a row for sleep analysis here in the sleep center. On the fourth bed, the bed farthest from you, it seems Dr. Lunex is having his own little slumber. <gasps> One for each of us, including Dr. Lunex. Let's get sleeping, fellas. <laughs> I respect a man who loves what he does. 
I hop into the bed next to Dr. Lunex and I close my eyes as hard as I can. It's <laughs> sleeping time. Guy, nor guy normal, you immediately fall asleep. Ah. Begonia, guy normal has already fallen asleep, sure. but you see. <laughs> guy normal has already fallen asleep, but you see, Begonia, that next to each bed on, on a sort of nightstand, there is a helmet. And on the helmet, there is there is a label that says shared dream matrix. Oh, well, this would help if we're all having similar dreams. We can talk to each other through some sort of matrix. I'll put it on Guy Normal's head and ask for forgiveness in the realm of dream. Begonia, while you're while you're doing that, uh, Boboli is placing little biscotti on like the edge of uh, Doctor Lunex's bed. Mm-hmm. And and she's saying. Here you go, Bobo, Natalie. I hope you remember I was a good little girl when it comes time for the Christmas presents. And she kisses his little nose while she while he's sleeping. Bobo, do you think that this scientist is some sort of Santa Claus figure? Uh, yes. Well, I can't prove otherwise. Better safe than sorry. Now then, let's get to bed. Bobo heaves her body up onto one of the beds and... Um, so she's going to place one over her head. Begonia dons the helmet and his prehensile roots wrap around the bed. He remains upright, but his petals close and droop away from the light as he falls asleep. Plant style. As we watch our three heroes drift off to dreamland, unsure of what dangers await them there, we pan across the beds in the sleep center. From Boboli to Begonia to Guy Normal, and then to Dr. Lunex, who our heroes chose not to awaken. <laughs> and as we continue to pan around and focus on his face, we see, unfortunately, that there is no breath coming <laughs> from the mouth or the nose of Dr. Lunex. No, Dr. Lunex will not find them in the dreamland, for Dr. Lunex has gone to that eternal sleep, the sleep we call the hereafter. A fly lands on his open eye. <laughs> it's just it's just great to know that like it doesn't matter how many decades you play role-playing games. Uh, you'll never get good at them. You'll never you'll never do the right thing. You'll never you'll never get good. <laughs> You can you as you as a game master can can leave uh, you can leave every signpost that says do this thing and instead your brilliant players will arrange biscotti around the thing yeah. you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's that's how the game's to be played. But what happens next? We'll find out after the break on Oh these, those stars of space. <laughs> oh my oh, god, so she funny. kissed him on his dead nose. Greetings! I am Gorstar! And I am Zelzor. We are two elder gods of the cosmos. We have seen as constellations take their first sweet breath, and watched as Z-beams danced on the Eye of Capricorn. For the past billion years, we have been on a great search. We seek to find the greatest deals in the galaxy! Gorstar, I believe I have found it. Zelzor! Spill. 
have you heard of the podcast, Oh These, Those Stars of Space? With Ali Fisher? Of course. Did you know you can join their Patreon for just five Earth dollars a month? That already sounds good, but what does that get you? An entire new Patreon-exclusive episode every month. Zelzor, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. These episodes, are they shorter than the free ones? No, they are full-length Patreon-exclusive adventures. And Zelzor, is Grunda in them? Sometimes. Well, you've proven it. That is the greatest deal in the galaxy! I hope $5 a month doesn't also get you access to the These Those Discord, exclusive arts, and oh, These Those Chats of Show, the chat podcast where they answer fan questions! It does, Gorstar. It does. Ha <laughs> ha! Incredible! We've done it! What shall we do now, Zelzor? Our task is complete. Well, first we should go to... Patreon.com slash OhThesethoseStarsOfSpace to subscribe. Hopefully there's a link in the show notes. Yes, of course. And after that, let's eat a giraffe. <laughs> we return now, but not to the halls of the CSS Cavalier. No, we return... To the land of dreams. You find yourselves in a huge and vast space. A purple sky is, is uh, speckled with, with soft, puffy clouds, uh, supporting uh, uh, Roman columns and, and Roman temples <laughs> and things made out of columns. Archways and colonnades. Uh, Little waterfalls fall from the clouds, seemingly full not of water but of starlight themselves. It's a strange realm. It seems you found yourselves in the plane of dreams. As you awaken, you find yourselves next to each other. Guy Normal, you're there with Begonia and Boboli. And you've each, even in this dream, got those weird helmets on your head. (laughs) Whoa! I was in the middle of having a different dream, one where I jump a little bit higher and higher and higher, and then suddenly I'm really high up in the sky, but I don't feel like I'm going to die when I fall. It's like a good thing. Is this a common dream? I should have checked before I made me, Guy Normal, say it. (laughs) Dream I have a lot, though. (laughs) Bobley's neck is, like, bent with the weight of this helmet. She's kind of, like, directing all of her... At the floor. What does the floor look like, Joe? Are we like? Is it a cloudy? You're on a cloud. We are on a cloud. Okay. You're standing on a cloud. Oh, look at that! Is it like a mascarpone cheese? This is amazing. I'm reminded of the very old song at this point in history. Life could be a dream. (laughs) (laughs) It looks some like some sort of version of old Earth Roll. I thought we just seen the old man next to us here. Yes, very strange. I thought I thought we'd connect into the into the the dream matrix and uh, be able to talk to this dream expert, but he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, where is that guy? Why, if he's ignoring us, I have half a mind to yell at that man. Oh, you wouldn't. No, only if he didn't have a very good excuse. Oh, okay. 
guy in a fit of anger, you kick the dirt, no cloud beneath you. And when you do, you don't just take cloud, you also hit <gasps> bone. Oh. A skeleton rolls out from the clouds, wearing one of those very same helmets. Here, I'll act all of that out. Ah, phooey, look, cloud stuff. Oh no, a skeleton. What's this? He appears to be wearing the exact same sort of helmet that we are to connect to the dreamscape. Bobbly um, reaches and takes the wrist bones of the skeleton and like mm-hmm. holds it for a, a, a second and says, "He's a dead." Bobbly, can you uh, make a feelings roll to see if you get a pulse? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a success. There's no pulse. He's dead. Oh no, he's a dead. Oh no. Well, I guess it's true what they say. If you die in a dream, you die in real life. We have to be very careful in this delightful dreamscape. How do we know that finding a skeleton in a dream means that someone's dead in real life? It looked like Dr. Lunex was merely sleeping. Unless I know that sometimes humans and other bipeds, when they die, they don't wither up instantly, revealing how dead they are. They might even look (gasps) asleep. It's incredible how much you know about the human body. I know very little about flower bodies. Therefore, you're smarter than me in that regard. My body is made of three egg yolks and one whole egg. It's just another day on the CSS Cavalier. Can you each make a feelings roll for me? Sure thing, Joe. Yes, but I am bad at them. A success! I got a success. Failure. I'm all lasers. A begonia. You and you alone have the thought occur to you. What if you're not actually talking to the real guy normal and and bobbly? What if these are just figments of your own dream, of your own imagination? Oh. <laughs> Interesting. We're in an anime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might be possible they are just part of my dream. Huh. I'll have to keep an eye out. Hello! Oh, exactly like what Bobbly would say. Hello. Pretty normal stuff. Begonia asks Bobbly, quick question. Yes? What was the first place that you decided to stay in when you uh, began sleeping in my quarters? Underneath your roots. <sighs> but that's something that I would know if she was a figment of my imagination. Drat! Begonia, using context clues, I think I can determine that you're trying to figure out if we're real or just figments of your imagination. Why don't you ask me a question only I would know the answer to that you don't know the answer to? You're right. Of course. It, it would have to be. I couldn't generate the answer. All right. Guy normal. Yes. What planet are you from? Oh, I'm from Earth. Shit! <laughs> I've heard of that one. Bobbly is like really straining under the weight of this helmet, and she and she's like, "Excuse me, one moment, I need to adjust." And she pulls the helmet off. Does anything happen? Yes, you are pulled from this place, <laughs> and you find yourself back and complete in that rustic Italian kitchen. You can see out the out the window, which isn't really like a glass window. It's just sort of like an, a cutout arch. There's a beautiful Tuscan sunset in the distance. Ooh. Oh, finally. Oh, I hope it's a Bolognese today. 
and she like quivers with delight, waiting to be sauced. Not today, I'm afraid. And then walking out into the kitchen, wearing a big white apron and a big floppy chef's hat. There's a little man. This little imp stands no more than four feet tall, and his his whole outfit is covered in the glow-in-the-dark stars you might see affixed to the ceiling of a child's bedroom. He sings to you. <laughs> Rock-a-bye, baby, feed me your dreams. Your sleep is where I like to sup on your dreams. <laughs> Taking a nap, I'll eat those dreams too. Yes, I'll eat your dream meat, dream bones and all. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Uh, uh, Polly's horrified. Joe, I hop down from the, the countertop and mm-hmm. I like I like charge over to him. You don't, because as soon as you hop down from the ca- countertop, you're in a pot. Oh, okay. Where, where are you going, Bobbly? We've only just met. You're the little stinky man, aren't you? I'm not stinky. My name is Snoozebo. Snoozebo? Yes, Snoozebo. That's my name. Oh. Eating dreams is my game. Can you laugh for me? <laughs> yes, sir. Ah. Yes, sir. You're the best. Mm, yes, use that brain power, Bobbly. I want to eat it all up. No, I will not dream. And she like takes her fingers and like pulls her eyelids away from her eyeball. Nothing happens. But while you do that, Snoozebo takes uh like takes a brick from the very wall and pulls it out of the wall <gasps> and eats it whole. <gasps> no, stop it! It's in the no, kitchen but this... anyway. Why would you eat that brick wall, you? Oh, but this authentic brick wall is such a lovely detail from your dream. Yum, yum, yum. So you like the details. So that's why when I dream before, everything got gray and boring. Oh, yes, I was helping myself to some of your dreams earlier. <laughs> well, you gotta stop it. No, I love to. I love to eat dreams. You're being a Gabon. I don't know what that means. You're a glutton. Oh, yes. Yes. I love dreams. And to eat them is best. Okay, well, let's stop it. Why don't you have a dream yourself? Why don't I have a dream myself? Yes. But I can't have a dream myself, little Bobbly. You see, I am Snoozebo. I don't know what that means. Okay, let me put it this way. I'm from a race of aliens. Sing a song again. Rock-a-bye, babe. No, I'm not singing the song again. No, you can you can you can rewind if you want to hear the song again. No, I'm from a species of aliens that lives only in the dream world. Okay. And all that exists in the dream world is things we can imagine. So all of my people have just gotten by in the dream world, imagining lavish feasts and succulent fruits and delicious cuts of beef. But then I had the idea one day, what if instead of eating the things we imagined, we ate imagination itself? And then I was branded a heretic and kicked out of the community. (laughs) 
And so now I travel space eating dreams I come upon. And I was so delighted when I found your ship so full of so many different kinds of delicious dreams to eat. You wouldn't believe what groomed a dreams. Oh, I don't want to know. I don't like what he says when he's awake. Well, you got the idea. <laughs> well, you gotta stop it. I don't want to be eaten. I mean, I'm a pasta baby, but still. I mean, if the shoe fits, little one. Why you call me little one? You're tiny. Oh, but I'm big in spirit and big in imagination. And he grows and he grows and he grows. He's 20 feet tall. He bursts through the ceiling of this rustic kitchen. It's only 18 feet tall. Oh, the rustic kitchen! We'll okay. cut back okay. to Guy Normal and Begonia. Oh, no. I think the child uh, Bobily is dead. No, I, I think she simply disconnected from this shared dream space. We should probably go after her. I guess so. I just, I really think she's dead, although I don't prefer that reality. Well, uh, you can stand there and believe that, or join me as I take off my helmet and see what happens. Begonia takes off the helmet. <gasps> Guy, Begonia disappears. Oh no, Bobily is gone, most likely dead. Begonia is gone, most likely dead. And I'm here alone in this beautiful Roman-inspired dreamscape with a skeleton. Oh, no! And I look at the skeleton and I get so scared I take my helmet off. <laughs> Begonia and Guy, you wake up. <gasps> Begonia looks to, to Bobily. The, the helmet has fallen off of her, but you see her in sleep. She's tossing and turning and making little, little upset sounds. <laughs> Oh, no. She must be dreaming of some sort of bastardo. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I gotta say, I thought she was dead. I've eaten crow on this one, and I find the taste none too sweet. <laughs> That's all right. Well, uh, she has some sort of psychic power that she must have engaged in this moment, perhaps with that which has stolen the color from our dreams. But how yeah. can we support her if we can't connect? And hey, maybe if Bobily's alive, the doctor's alive too. And I go to like <laughs> to wake the doctor and I like touch the doctor's body. It's very cold. Oh, this is a very cold body. Maybe they're dreaming of an ice bath. They are not. Oh dear. Their lips are very white and there are bugs crawling over their face. I believe this to be a, a dead body. Ah! <laughs> yeah, the bugs the bugs are not really going for the biscotti. Oh boy, I shouldn't keep touching this dead body. <laughs> <laughs> I think most religions would frown at that. Can you both make a feelings roll for me? Yeah. Of course. I got a six, which we know is a success no matter what. <laughs> and I got just a normal success. <laughs> you both see there's a knob on each of the helmets. It seems to be a way for you to sync with a specific dream of a, a specific person. Perhaps you could join Bobily in her own dream. Begonia, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, we can turn the knob to sync with Bobily's dream. That's exactly what I was thinking. Let's go. <laughs> Bobily, we cut back to your rustic Italian kitchen. In your dream, Snoozebo, that devilish demon of the dreamscape, has picked you up in your little pot, and he's now holding you high in the Tuscan sky. Oh, don't touch me. 
You're going to be fine, little Bobbly. I'm going to eat all of your dreams and just leave a little bit of imagination left. You'll be okay. You'll be a little plainer, a little less capable of thinking outside the box, but you won't notice that much. The only person I had to put an end to was that pesky Dr. Lunex. He sought to destroy me once and for all, but I got the better of him. You see, in the dreamscape, Snoozebo is king. How did he th- how he try to stop you? <laughs> well, let me tell you, he used the power of his imagination to imagine sort of different ways to fight me in the dream world. And why that not work? Well, I'm also very good at that. Okay, so if I wanted to try, what would I do different? You would have to, like, really get very creative. You would have to, like, you know, I've, I've eaten so many dreams. I'm so old. I'm yeah. so experienced. So you'd really have to get weird about it. But, uh, again, like, it's still, like, really high degree of difficulty we're talking here. Okay. And as he says that, Begonia and Guy Normal appear in the kitchen. Don't worry, Bobbly. Here come... The Bash Brothers. And no, I don't mean Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. Why not? That's who it was referring to. Originally. Oh. But now I mean us. Help! Help a bobbly! There's a little stinky guy. He got his hands on me. And he don't let me sit in the soup so I get nice and warm. And he says he's going to eat up my dreams and leave me with no imagination. He said we have to try to imagine something really crazy. To defeat him. Hey, I haven't even introduced myself yet. Hello, I'm Snoozebo, king of the dream world. Hello, Snoozebo. My name is Guy Normal. Begonia's slightly purple-tinged flower petals turn bright, glowing red, and his vines turn uh, to stalks, turning to trunks, and he grows and grows and grows up to battle Snoozebo in the dreamscape. He's thorny and mad and he sprays uh, gross pollen everywhere. Stinks and it makes him allergic. Seeing this, Guy Normal is inspired. He goes, that's right, it's a dream. Anything can happen. And I close my eyes and I concentrate and now I'm wearing a very nice suit. (laughs) Still holding Bobbly in her pot, Snoozebo sniffs that pollen and says, See, Bobbly, I'm not the stinky little guy. He is. He's a big guy, and I love him. And Bobbly is going to uh, try to kick Snoozebo in the face, and in doing so, her leg gets really long, and it turns into, like, big bird's leg, where it has, like, pink rings around it and a weird mm-hmm. bird paw at the end. Can you make a lasers roll? Yeah. Total failure. Bobbly, as soon as that leg is about to connect to Snoozebo's face, he grabs it. And then, quickly, all those fun little big bird rings disappear from the leg, and all the color drains from it until it's just like a big, long stick. Oh, no! My beautiful legs! Okay, that's enough of that. I'm going to imagine something that will really upset you, Snoozebo. And I concentrate, and some uh, cups appear on the ground. <laughs> Snoozebo looks down at you and laughs. <laughs> Guy Normal, you have some of the blandest dreams I've ever seen. There's no one I'm less afraid of than you. That's not true, and I imagine a blank sheet of paper. Snoozebo looks at it, turns it into an airplane, and then 
he puts you upon it. You're wearing a big like you're you're wearing like a like an old timey like leather pilot's helmet with big goggles, and you're flying the paper airplane, and it's flying into a mountain. Oh no! What am I, the Red Baron? Um, Bubbly <laughs> suddenly appears next to Guy Normal in the airplane, and she's like, "Hold up!" And as she uh right as she as she steers the plane away from the mountaintop, she turns to Guy Normal, and she's like. Mr. Norman, you're having the best idea. This little bastard, he feeds on the imagination of the dream. But you have enough. And if so, I think if I will make this dream so boring and so bland, he don't want it eaten no more. I look at you and I say, is that really what people think of me? Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. And I, I very sadly, I, I look at you... <laughs> There's tears in my eyes. <laughs> and I look at Snoozebow and I say, Snoozebow, why don't you join me in my own personal dream? That sounds like a snooze fest, but okay. We cut quickly to Guy Normal's dream. It's that quiet suburban street with that boring house on the block. What do you think, Snoozebow? <laughs> Barely an appetizer, Guy. That's right. I'm going to keep you in here with me. I thought I had a really great imagination. Why, I'm imagining the very house I grew up in. (laughs) But apparently I don't. I don't have much of one. And I guess that can be good too, because I'm going to trap you in here with no nutrition. No nutrition whatsoever. Would you like a bowl of cereal? No. Well, it's all I have. Well, um, okay. Take a look outside, and I lead you outside. Look at that house. It's colonial. All of these houses are colonial. Yeah, 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 okay. Look Um, at these dogs. They're all named Fido. They're all spayed and neutered. (laughs) I mean, Guy, even you should have, like, a normal amount of imagination, don't you think? Well, apparently I don't, and that sucks. But you're stuck in here with me. Look at the clouds. Cumulus, the lot of them. I'm not stuck in here. I'm not stuck in here at all. Oh, yeah? Well, here's the exit. And I imagine a tiny little exit door that you can't fit through. (laughs) Guy, don't you know I can imagine myself any size at all? And he shrinks down to a tiny little speck. And he marches proudly towards that door. Before he can, Bobbly's giant foot steps on him. Bobbly, make a laser's roll. Okay. Uh, failure. <laughs> Bubbly, you smush Snoozebo with your other leg. But then, instead of hearing like a satisfying squish, you hear nothing at all. But instead, the color begins to drain from your other leg. In fact, you feel all of your imagination seeping out of you. Bobbly's in trouble, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Game Master Joe here. Bobbly's in trouble, y'all. Hey, uh, gang, you might want to ask. Oh, no! The uh, the massive spray of pollen that Begonia shot out uh, 360 degrees is settling, mm-hmm. and you start to hear a buzz in the distance, and then it gets louder and louder until it's shaking the ground of Guy Normal, old childhood neighborhood, and you see a, a, a sky-blackening... Uh, horde of bees flying in and uh, Begonia says bees the little one 
is uh, threatening your honey and everything. And if you could just get the uh, the little Italian, if you could give that one a ride, only one of you needs to do that, and the rest of you um, attack the stinky little guy. Seeing this sky-blackening cloud of bees, Guy Normal just sort of laughs to himself and says, that is just wrong. <laughs> What little guy? And then you look up in the sky. You see from the sun itself that voice emanate, and the sun turns around, revealing the face of Snoozebo wearing sunglasses. Oh, oh no. no! Bees attack the sun! <laughs> and he begins to eat the bees hungrily. Remembering her original bedroom, which you may recall, listener, is constructed almost entirely of uh, cereal boxes. Bobolee suddenly imagines that she is holding a cereal box with the sun depicted on it and hoping his trapped snoozebo. Make a feelings roll. Ooh, she's recontextualizing. I got my laser feelings! Wow! After first a, one of an episode of dog shit rolls. Yeah. Bobolee, do you want to ask me a question? Yeah, can you make this work? <laughs> the thing is, I can but it's, it's really my choice, you know? Yeah. It's like, do we have enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this a good ending point? Is this a satisfying, is this a satisfying solution? Joe's really gamed the system because it's, it's, you can ask a question, not you can ask a question that the answer is yes to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like I have to do whatever you yeah. say. Sure. Bobbly, the sun holding two big scoops of raisins looks up at you from that box of cereal and says, hey, what are you, what are you doing here? What are you, what's the meaning of this? And Bobbly is going to uh, walk over to the appropriately labeled recycling bin in Guy Normal's kitchen. That's where paper and plastic and glass go. Yeah, make sure, she makes sure that cardboard is on the list of acceptable materials. And then she compresses the box and folds it and puts it in the bin. The bin rattles. The bin shakes. The bin is almost like picking up off the ground. It's shaking and rattling so much. And then, all is still. Probably looks down at her, at her like legs drained of color. Have, have they changed it all? No. I know what to do. I look at the recycling bin and I imagine a lock on the recycling bin. Now he'll never get out of there. And then I look at my left hand and I imagine a Glock. (laughs) I aim it at the recycling bin and I say, hasta la vista, and I shoot it. As soon as you do, the entire space is wiped and you find yourself back in that purple sky cloudy dreamscape. I'm sorry, guys. I know they say violence is never the answer, but sometimes it is. I agree. I think it's frequently the answer. I think it's rare. (laughs) A big crescent moon wearing sunglasses lowers, lowers into your field of view and looks at you and says, Fine, you've made your point. Ah, the sun is moon now. I can be, I can be anything, Begonia. Oh, no. An advertising for McDonald's late night menu during the H- George H.W. Bush era vibes from this one for sure. It's Mac tonight. That's the name. I forgot the name, but I forgot. I remembered the presidential era. And I've done a lot of studying of your culture. 
No, it's Snoozebo riffing on Mac tonight. Oh, you're so creative. I'm here to say you've won. You've made your point. I'll leave you alone. Wow. So wait a minute. What did the doctor try that made him die instead of, you know, winning like we did? He imagined an afternoon tea for he and I to share and discuss the nature of dreams. But he poisoned my tea with poison that could kill a dream imp. But then I suspected he would do the same thing, so I imagined poison in his tea, and he drank first. Oh, but that would kill him. Exactly. Oh, so you went on a little romantic date? I'm not saying there wasn't a spark. Yes, it sounds like maybe you're lonely. Well, I was branded as a heretic by my people and, and banished from society, so I've been kind of lonely. But not, but it's not, it's not for nothing. I did come up with that little lullaby. That was a beautiful. Thank you. What if instead of, a, you know, ruining people's lives, you go into the dreams and you just have, have a nice a snack with them? Have a nice a snack with them. Have a nice a snack with them. Yes. Maybe. But I'd want a little imagination, too. It's just so tasty. Okay, but you have to ask first. You don't just go in someone's refrigerator and hamper yourself like some hog bastard. I'm not a hog. Well, then don't act like one. Okay, okay, fine. But first, you know, Guy. Dreambo. You shouldn't... No, it's Snoozebo. Snoozebo. I'm sorry, I forgot. Dreambo is my father. Oh. Well, I shouldn't have called you your father's name. No, we haven't spoken in some time. I was banished by my society. <laughs> I imagine that's very painful for you. I'm sorry, Snoozebo. It's okay, Guy Normal. I'm Guy Normal. I was going to say, you shouldn't sell yourself so short. What you fail to realize is, while your dream may seem so, well, I'll put, I'll say it, boring on the surface. Uh, hey, no, no, listen. Oh. It's, it's rare I've seen such incredible detail. It's hyper-realistic, your dream. Really? Yes. If you if you think about Begonia's dreams, for instance, it's a huge, amazing battle, but it's all a little... The vibe is all a little cartoony. And hell, Bobolee's rustic Italian kitchen, why, it's practically crayons. Huh, I guess you're right. But your dreams, Guy, your dreams is like... I'm not in the dreamscape anymore. It's like I'm in the real world. Hey, you're right. I've never tasted a dream like that. Well, snoozebo... You're welcome to eat some of my dreams whenever you want, on one condition. Okay. Could I have a little of the creativity that you've eaten from others? Oh. Oh. Yes. And Snoozebo, from his moon mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, pu- he pulls out a shimmering diamond apple. And he tosses it to you. But apples aren't like this. <laughs> Guy. Guy. Oh, Mr. Norman. Dare to dream, Guy. Dare to dream. Okay. And I eat the diamond apple and I begin choking on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I'm so, no. I can't help him there. Somebody has to do the Heimlich on that guy. He'll die for real. No, he wanted to eat it. And uh, Begonia shoots out a vine right into Guy Normal's mouth, shoving the diamond apple further and further down his esophagus. <laughs> it's very good. 
It's not real. You're only imagining it. And I, as soon as it hits my stomach, my entire body turns to diamond. <laughs> and I look at the camera uh, and I have cat eyes like the end of the thriller video. <laughs> What adventure lies next amongst, oh, these, those stars of space? Oh, these, those stars of space stars Ali Fisher, Branson Reese, Carly Minardo, Christopher Hastings, Tim Platt, and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. Oh, these, those stars of space is edited by Sam Grant, designed by Joe Lepore, and produced by Joe Lepore at Bucket of Milk, with the support of our patrons and our rear admiral, Lucas Wagner. Our theme and additional music is composed by Huge Today. See you next time, Cosmic Voyagers, for another story from Oh These, Those Stars of Space. I'm glad we could all end on good terms. <laughs> Sorry for killing your friend. Oh, we didn't know him. Oh, then, then I guess it makes more sense that you don't care. I, I actually, no, I've got some. Uh... <laughs> you all come awake. It's morning now. Oh. You've, all, you've all had a peaceful night's sleep. You're better rested than you felt in a long time. Bowley pops up like a little flower. Her eyes dazzling and blinking. Uh, Begonia pops up like a very big flower, uh, cursing. God fucking shit. I wanted to court-martial him. A man <laughs> is dead. They both look at uh, Guy Normal to see if he's still a diamond. Uh, now that's what I call eight hours of sleep. And I look at both of them, and I'm not a diamond at all. I'm just Guy Normal. Are you guys crazy or something? Dreams are always weird. <laughs> Guy Normal, you, we all shared a dream in which you engaged with Snoozebow and took a gift of greater imagination. You remember all this, surely. Oh, that's right. You know dreams. Weird stuff is always happening in dreams. I think it's time we wake up and, uh, get real. And I turn to the camera and I have cat eyes. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs>